This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We did three words to describe North Carolina's loss to Virginia. I chose stayed on brand. I hate using that, but afraid of success? Maybe that's another one. Somebody who played at North Carolina and is the smartest football mind I know, Mike Felder, football analyst, college football analyst, battle rapping about the college football world, joins us on the Adam Gold Show. I read it right from your Twitter, at In the Bleachers. How would you characterize losing a game to, I think, the worst team in the ACC? Winning is hard. That's three words, too. Very nice. Yeah, listen, I'm trying to stay on brand for you, my man. <laughs> uh, winning is hard, and it's it's one of those things. I think here's the thing. If you look at the numbers, the stats, right, UNC, wow, look at the, look at the, look at the numbers. Wow. And then you watch the game, and it's not about the numbers. It's about the money downs. It's about money downs. It's about, um, like, these teams have the same amount of first downs. Right. So same amount of first downs. Mm-hmm. UNC obviously much more passing, UBA more rushing. But at the end of the day, what you're looking at is money downs. And when you look at money downs, you've got to deal with um, turnovers, but you also have to deal with third down conversions, fourth down conversions as well. And I was talking to Roddy Jones actually earlier, and he was like, hey, man, they did have 10 conversions. UNC had four. Mm-hmm. And so you can have all the yards you want, but if you don't convert, and you don't convert those into scores, then you're going to have problems. And UNC obviously has some problems. Mike Felder is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. It, it did come down to what Carolina did on third and a couple of times fourth downs. Virginia was, I believe, dead last in the ACC on defense at getting off the field. It was almost 42% they were allowing third and fourth or third down conversions. I didn't see fourth down conversions. And Carolina was bad. Four of 13 on third down, that's less than 33%. Four of 15 overall, that's by 27%. So those were the downs, and Mac Brown talked about Virginia ran so many more plays than North Carolina did that we can forget that, man, all those plays you don't get makes it hard. I mean, they probably almost maxed out scoring 27 points based on how many plays that they had. I think I'm even more surprised that Carolina's defense that just wasn't the same unit we had watched. Uh, what did you see from them or didn't see from them? So I'm going to start with the offense first. They had 10 points in the red zone. They only had three red zone trips. Right. That's a thing you have to look at. Uh, the only other game they had three red zone trips was Minnesota, and that was not even a close football game, so you don't have to worry about it in that game. But four against South Carolina, four for four in terms of scoring – eight trips against App State where you know you've got to score some points. Uh, then you get to pit, and you know you want to do that. Four there, seven against Syracuse, five against Miami, and then three again against UVA. Mm-hmm. And, again, you only get ten points out of that. So I want to start on that side, but then you flip it over. And the biggest thing that stood out to me um, was looking at, yes, they had five tackles for loss, but they didn't feel impactful in terms of tackles for loss. Right. They weren't drive killers. They weren't those the same tackles for loss or even the two sacks weren't the sacks that, ultimately sank uh, UVA the way that we saw them sink Miami, the way that we saw them sink South Carolina, the way that we saw them sink Pittsburgh. These were, they, they got sacks. 
they did. They did get two sacks. That's good. That's a good number. But at the end of the day, if you're pr- if the sacks and the pressures and the QB hurries and the tackles for loss, if they're not super effective, if they don't, if they can recover those yards, and that's the part we've always that I've talked about this season with UNC is they are gambling. And when you gamble and the other team wins every now and then, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you give up explosive plays, and that's the part that really stood out to me. Mike Felder joining us here on the Adam Gold Show, college football and NFL analyst. Although I, uh, we're gonna we're gonna stay on college football here. Um, I want to go to first of all, their season's not over. The Tar Heels, they no. can still. I mean, they're good enough to win out. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they will, but they're. Uh, I still think they'll be favored in all, maybe, but one of the games. They might not be favored at Clemson. They probably won't be favored. At Clemson, although Clemson ain't that great either, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to them, uh, but so it's still there if they can win out and then beat Florida State in the ACC championship game. How much of a scar will a home loss to Virginia leave uh, if it comes down to it for a college football playoff conversation? That's probably a big deal. Yeah, right? like, I would think. It's a big deal. <laughs> like people are gonna be like, "Yeah, but what about this?" Right. Um, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> the reason I asked that. Thing? The reason I asked that was you, you remember the season they lost the the opener to South Carolina, right? And then mm-hmm. they won out. They won their next eleven games, but they had two FCS opponents that year. And yep. all people could talk about at the end, not was that they lost their opener against a mediocre South Carolina team, right. was that they they. They hadn't beaten anybody, and they played two FCS teams. So, depending on who you are, I think the I think the college football world ignores the 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 bad mark, depending on who you are. But I just don't think they'll ignore losing to Virginia at home. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key. I think it's the, the, the you said it perfectly. The depending on who you are and who they are is a team that nobody really expects much from, and is a team who. I'll be honest, with the exception of like draft people, I don't think a, folk, a lot of folks are watching UNC play football. Like I don't right. like I know ACC fans are. Like I did, I talked to Roddy Jones and Emac today, and uh, for for their show, and I like we talked about the ACC and we talked about it as a whole and the whole deal. And I talked to you about it uh, whenever we get a chance. But like when I do like radio in Arkansas, when I do radio in in in, in Seattle, when I do something in LA. They're not like they're not talking about UNC. They're, right. They they want to talk about the Pac-12, obviously, because they're out west. And I don't think there's a lot of eyeballs. Even when I do something in the Big Ten, there's not a ton of eyeballs on this. And it's kind of the reverse problem that the Pac-12 had, right, where yeah. people weren't watching. And I think UNC is kind of falling victim to that. But there's a lot of draft people that are watching Drake May. I can tell you that for sure. Like Nate Tice over at the Athletic and oh. my man Connor Rogers. Uh, like these guys, like they're watching and they're like, what's happening here? Like. He's good. The numbers look good, and then you have to start watching the film, and you got to kind of just, you got to got to sift through a lot of things to get there. So it's going to be interesting. They got Georgia Tech, Campbell should win both of those football games. Although Georgia Tech, wow, what yeah. a, they've they've got they, they they've been able to surprise some folks. And then you have Duke, which should is that's going to be that could be a barn burner. At Clemson is interesting, especially after this past weekend, because Clemson, oh buddy, <laughs> yeah, and then you throw in North Carolina State, which is always going to be a tough game, especially when you got to go to Carter Finley. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, those last three games, and we're going to get to Duke right here. Those last three games are going to be phenomenal. Uh, if Carolina wins all three of those, man, kudos because those that yeah. that is a gauntlet. I thought 
for, I said this before the game. If Riley Leonard is fully healthy, I thought Duke would win. But mm-hmm. if Riley Leonard was not, then Duke should not play him. They almost got away with it. When he left yeah. the game, they were done. Um, whether it was emotionally or, I mean, you know, in terms of their offense. But, man, I think Duke surprised Florida State with how good they were defensively, and I don't understand why you'd be surprised by Duke. Up at the half, you feel good about that. Obviously, he's not healthy. We, I think we all could see that. Yep. So you got to put Henry in the game. Okay. Rough go of it for him. Uh, one of six, obviously. They, they, they can't. They, that, and now that he's in the game, you know that Florida State's going to load up against the run. Right. And then they just overwhelm them in the back end of the game. And Florida State just overwhelmed Duke mm-hmm. in the back end. Like, they just they kept going and going and going and going and going. And, and it just, it was hard. Like, they couldn't, they, there was no, they could not stop them. Like, it got to the point where you just, you hit them hard enough and these guys can't, like, they, they can't keep getting up off the mattress. And that's where, uh, that's where, off the mat. And that's where Florida State was able to get this win. And the win looks bigger than it was to me. Oh, yeah. It looks bigger. 38 to 20. You're like, oh, you lost by 18. And I'm like, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. There was no points in the third quarter. Duke had a lead going into, and it was just one of those things where they just, you get exhausted. I think we saw the same thing. Uh, I know I don't want to take it out of the agency, but I think we saw the same thing against with Tennessee and Alabama where Tennessee realized, oh, these guys are here to fight for 60 minutes, and yeah. it's going to hurt. <laughs> and I think Florida State, I, I will say this, though. I, I know, obviously, you're in the triangle, but to flip it to the Florida State standpoint, it has to feel good if you're a Knowles fan mm-hmm. to see that your team has a little bit of, hey, man, you know what? Let's put our hands on these dudes and let's get real rough. And that was something that we hadn't seen from them for a little while. And they do it in this. They did it against LSU, but they've they've also done it in a league game, and I think that really matters. I, I really believe that Florida State looked across the line of scrimmage and saw Duke and thought, well, okay, they're good, but they're good for Duke. And then right. they played three quarters of football and realized, no, they're not good for Duke. They're okay. really good. And the yep. truth is that Duke had the ball 20 to 17 up. Riley Leonard is now out of the game. Uh, and they had a fourth down. I think they needed three yards or something for a first down. And I credit Mike Elko for the guts to go for it. Mm-hmm. Probably was the right move to kick a field goal there, but right. uh, they went for it. Bless him. They didn't get it, and that was it. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that 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 could have been. I mean, if they score a touchdown there, I all of the to uh, to use a phrase that our friend Bomani Jones uses, all of the lemon booty shows yeah. up in Tallahassee if that's the case, and it wouldn't have been so much about Florida State as it would have been proof that Duke is just legitimately good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, quickly to Florida State because I I saw it again this week uh, that nobody believes if. If things are as they are four weeks from now, five weeks, whenever, whenever we come to the point where we're making decisions on the playoff, mm-hmm. that Florida State would be the odd team out. What are your thoughts on Florida State as a college football playoff participant? Winning your end. Winning your end. That's what I think. Winning your end. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, let's. Fine, let's do it. Let's run this all the way out. Let's right. run it all the way up to the I, I, You know that I hate this, but I love I that know. you do it to me all the time. You know <laughs> I hate it, but I love that you do it to me. 
the reality is we end up with what? Georgia undefeated. Yep. We end, or, we end, or, yeah, we end up with Georgia undefeated. I'm trying to put all this in the worst-case scenario for right. who has to make this decision. Ohio State or Michigan. Ohio State or Michigan undefeated. So we have we have one from basically essentially the power five, right? Yeah. Oh, by the way, we could also end up with an undefeated Air Force. Yeah, okay. That's fine. That's yeah. that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but we end up with Washington. It's We're looking at what? Washington, Ohio State, or Michigan. We're looking at Georgia. And then we throw Oklahoma. in Florida State and Oklahoma. Okay, what are we doing? Who Who's the odd man out of five? We're never going to have it because it won't happen. Because uh, It won't happen. Right. But if we have five major conference unbeatens, is the odd is the odd team Oklahoma. out Oklahoma? Got to be Oklahoma. Even with the, the thing, okay. LSU's going to go in there. Maybe they. What if LSU beats beats um, LSU beats Alabama? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Well, they could. I don't I don't think that we're not talking about vintage Alabama. We're also not talking about right. vintage LSU. Well, I think we're talking about vintage Alabama. Honestly, I think we are talking about vintage Alabama. This is not new age Alabama. This is vintage Alabama. Okay. <laughs> <Alabama. Right. laughs> they, they play football like it's supposed to hurt, and I love it. But no, this is not Alabama with with Jalen Hurts, especially in Alabama with, with Tua. So, no, I, but what the reality of it is, is they win that football game. They play a tight game against Georgia. That win for Florida State counts more and more and more and more. Oh, I say yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oklahoma, I don't think they have anything like that, which is why I'm picking. That's why I'm saying this, because they don't have anything like that. They don't have. They don't have a win like that, and they won't get one. And I listen. But they have Texas. They'd have to beat them again. They'd have to beat them again. But man, let me tell you something. Houston should have won that football game. Okay, yeah. So I'm. I think Texas is going to stumble again along the way. Like this is a team that they got some real issues, and they're going. It's going to be interesting to watch the way they finish down the stretch. If Houston can put you on the spot like that, you're lucky you don't have to go to Provo. Because if you had to go to Provo, <laughs> that is a terrible place to play football. And I'm not going to say take it from me because I didn't make the trip. But we played in Salt Lake City, and Salt Lake City, Provo is obviously outside of Salt Lake City. Yeah. But we, when we, when USC went to play at Utah, and that was Urban Meyer's year, all my teammates came back and they were like, "That place sucks, dude. <laughs> like it's 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 horrible. <laughs> it's a beautiful city. I loved." I spent about four days in Salt Lake City covering a basketball tournament. I loved Salt Lake City. Yeah, they have a nice cool. trolley in downtown. Oh, it's gorgeous, but, yeah, it's, I don't know if I want to play there. Uh, all right, final thing for you, Mike Felder. I appreciate your time at In the Bleachers because uh, we kind of brushed over Clemson. Yeah, they're, they're a mess. I think we're finding out that whether it, whatever the reason, Cade Klubnick either isn't the answer or needs help to be the answer, and what a monumental waste of Will Shipley this is becoming. Um, you know, 
they they just can't they just can't put points on the board. So a couple things. One, I've talked to a couple of Clemson fans that aren't high on Shipley. Okay. And uh, Interesting. I was listening to I was listening to a show, I think a guy, Seville Newton, who played at South Carolina, he said this might be the worst running back rooms that Clemson and South Carolina have ever had. So folks are there's a lot of folks that are out on Shipley. Okay. And here's the other thing with Shipley, he's hurt. Okay. He's 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 hurt right now. Like you can see when he's when he limps off and he needs he needs more breaks than ever and they need him for more things than ever and he can't do both. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how what this looks like, but ultimately that offensive line is gonna to have to do something, right? Like you can't let you can't let Miami's defensive line get hands on Shipley in the backfield. And that's what's happening. Fifteen carries for forty four yards, two point nine yards per carry as a team. They average point nine, and I know that's a couple club nicks in the sack, club nick in the sacks. But at the end of the day, two point nine and two point eight out of Mafa and Shipley—that's no good. And that that also falls on the offensive line. Uh, Brining Stool had a coming out party, which I thought was pretty cool. But at the end of the day, somebody else got to come with him. You're Clemson. Your tight end has never been your go-to guy. You need a wide receiver so that the tight end can sneak behind. And now the tight end becomes a go-to guy. So this is going to be interesting to see how this shakes itself out. I think the lack of Great offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they try to transition into a more power forward offensive line, they're having a rough time of it because usually they play a lot of shield blocking. And those are two different things. There's two different concepts, two different ways of teaching it. I also think, honestly, between C.J. Spiller and Taj Boyd, I think they are far less experienced on staff. Mm. And this is a team that the teaching isn't nearly to the level that it used to be. They make mistakes. And I, I was talking to, to Eric McLean uh, today, and he said, hey, the craziest thing to me was their defense. They gave up 200 yards on the ground in Miami. How? Well, they kept trying to play uh, man-to-man. They kept trying to, like, line up. And, and like, they didn't they didn't work to get for use Emory Williams. They didn't work to – make it seem like one thing was the other thing. They didn't change the landscape of the whole thing. And they just kind of sat back and just sat in zone, sat in man, but it was all very clear what they were doing defensively. And so they've got to get better at that, and they've got to have more impactful plays. And we talked about it with UNC with respect to third downs. I think Clemson's got defensively, They uh, that's where they missed on this defensively. They didn't get a chance to really – shut them down defensively because they really played extremely vanilla football thinking we're just good enough to get the win. It's a, it's a, what a, what a time to be alive. The Clemson tiger. This is almost like when Dabo took over, uh, it's a different version. Um, that was kind of finesse, not very good Clemson. Uh, this is right now. They clearly don't have the offensive pieces, um, to, to really be a high-level team, Clemson. Mike Felder, who he has all of the pieces, at In the Bleachers. Also, check out It's Felder, the newsletter. Uh, you learn about sewing and cooking and dryer lint uh, and all of that stuff, all the stuff that makes a man a renaissance man. Mike Felder has that on lock. I appreciate your time, as always, my man. Dude, it's always great. We didn't even get to talk about Mike Houston because he's in trouble too. Oh my gosh! I get to talk to Mike tomorrow, and I'm uh, I'm dreading it because there's nothing good right now about ECU football, and it's it's yeah. depressing on every level. My folks both went to ECU, so this is a thing that I pay attention to a lot. Oh man! Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Take it easy. You got it. 
Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.